My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I am so excited to be here for a second time this week after Monday's quickie to bring you a very, very special guest. I'm going to jump straight to our interview because I really want her to have as much time as possible. Since late September of this year, Taylor Leanne Chandler has become a household name. Her successful interpreting career working in local hospitals ended virtually overnight when she was publicly outed as the girlfriend of Michael Phelps, the most decorated Olympian of all time. When she then came out to friends and family as being born intersex, her selectively private life changed profoundly. She's joining us today to sort out some of the myths circulating the media about her story and what intersex actually means. You're such a courageous woman, Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. In an interview with uh, the Daily Beast that I read, you said that you were going about your normal life and a phone call came that changed just about everything. Could you tell us about that call? Um, you know, it's like the tabloids kind of hounded me from day one. There were stories out. I'd already been labeled his girlfriend, his cougar girlfriend. You know, those were all labels given to me by the media, not something I said. But then it, it came down to the fact that the tabloids were going to go with a story with or without my cooperation. So I decided that foolishly, as it seems now, I thought I could trust them and educate them and tell them the story. And even though the story itself has a lot of correct information in it, they still put a salacious headline. They used pictures that I did not give them. And it was to sell papers. And literally, my life was changed overnight. Um, and it, I'm, I'm in this cycle like I couldn't believe. I mean, luckily, Bill Cosby kind of threw me out of the loop. And I know that's horrible, but... It's kind of taken some of the pressure off of me. Oh, I'm so glad that something did because, you know, I, as part of the media, I feel like I should apologize. Somebody needs to say sorry because that is just so sad that you were exploited in such a deeply personal way. Uh, I know that one of the first headlines came out was completely mythical, said something about you being born a man. And I know that in our culture, people run with these headlines. So what are the main points that you'd like to set straight? First of all, tell us what intersex actually means. Intersex is actually like a blanket term. Um, underneath that, there's like 30 plus different variations. Um, it's kind of like a birth challenge, so to speak. Um, for me, it meant that, you know, I was born with a penis, but then I had a slit on the back side of it that was closed at birth. I had no testicles, but I, I found out later that I also had a uterus. You know, some intersex people go their whole life not knowing they're intersex. Some of them, it impacts them at puberty. Um, it just depends. And, I mean, there's so many different variations of that. 
Um, back in the day, they used to use the term hermaphrodite, which is obviously now is about completely politically incorrect as you can get. And, you know, it's most of us live stealth. I mean, it's not like we feel the need to tell anybody. And a lot of people that are in this situation, um, they don't. Some of them don't choose to get corrective surgery, and they, they stay a combination of both. They identify as both genders. Um, some pick one, some pick the other. I mean, it's it literally, you almost are born with a choice. <laughs> um, but, you know, the brain differentiates in the first trimester. So by the time you can talk, you know who you are. And then that's kind of when the battle begins. But, I mean, this is a medically diagnosed thing in the DSM, you know, but it is on the gender spectrum. I definitely don't want to take away from people that are transgendered or transsexual, even though that's considered a psychological disorder. You know, it doesn't have, quote unquote, the physical um, evidence that, you know, being intersex does, but it certainly doesn't take away from their struggle or battle either. Sure. That's also fascinating. And I, it's impressive that within, you know, the first trimester before we can have coherent thoughts, our gender and our identity is already uh, established. So you always knew that you were female. What impact did being intersex, being aware of this have growing up, especially with a lot less uh, knowledge and acceptance even than we have now? Um, when I was younger, it was difficult because you know, as soon as I could talk and walk, I mean, I knew I was a girl. I never said I wanted to be one. So I dressed as a girl. I had long hair. I loved my red knee-high socks. But at the same time, as girly and and prissy or princess-like as I was, I still like Legos and playing hide-and-seek and running around and acting crazy. So I was, I don't know, I guess a tomboy as, as such. But for my family, being born in the 70s, my mother died when I was three months old. My dad is a jockey. He couldn't really take care of me, so he gave me to his parents to raise. So my grandparents actually raised me. So they're from a completely different generation. And even with doctors telling them this kind of science, they didn't get it. You know, I distinctly remember my grandfather saying, you know, they're quacks. What do they know? And... You know, I remember at a young age being brought to a psychologist and, you know, him going in and saying, you know, you need to screw his head on straight. He doesn't understand what he is. And, and I mean, I never backed away from it. I never said I wanted to be a girl. I just knew I was. I mean, luckily, I was vocal about it, and I never wavered. Um, in third grade, they switched me from public school to private school. They made me cut my hair. It forced me to wear um, a boy's uniform, but even with that, I pushed the boundaries in every way, shape, and form that I could. During the summers, I would transition back and live my truth. And, you know, by the time I was 15, I just had enough. I mean, I'd attempt, from, the, from 1987 to 1990, I attempted suicide 17 times. Oh and I just chose at that point that I was going to leave and do this on my own. Um, and that's what I did. I walked away from family, privilege, everything to live my truth and do what I needed to do for me because they, they weren't in a place at the time to be supportive. I mean, my family now is amazing, but 
you know, it was a journey. Sure. Gosh, what a strong girl you were and, and woman you have remained. It's incredible. And I know you cultivated a very private life, somewhat intentionally or, or maybe very intentionally, and uh, had a career that allowed you that kind of privacy. And I know you weren't expecting this this limelight. Uh, how did your relationship with Michael Phelps start? Um, it was kind of crazy. I, You know, because of my career, I... I even when I'm working in public places, I can't necessarily engage with people. So I went on some dating sites, one of them being Tinder. And the funny thing is he was not in the age um, parameters that I had set. But what I've learned is, is if someone younger or older comes in, they kind of slip them into your feed. And of course, I recognized him. My dad's a jockey, so I recognized, you know, a grandstand at a track. It was the Preakness. But in all honesty, I don't think that I really thought it was him. But we started chatting in like mid-August. And I want to say he was finishing up with some swimming stuff for the swim season in August. And at the time, I was traveling with a company I worked for, you know, doing um, ethic and social media training and um, mental health training for interpreters. And so I was traveling around the country, too. But then one day, um, I had Tinder on my iPad, not my phone. So I was like, you know, I need to head out. Here's my number if you want to text or call. And when he did that, um, because I also have a background consulting in crisis management, I ran the number. <laughs> and it Smart. Came back, it came back as Michael Phelps. And I was wow. like, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> And That's so funny. So it's kind of crazy, you know. And so at that point, um, we were talking every day. And anybody that's been in a online kind of dating relationship, I think it's accelerated. You talk about stuff that you wouldn't if you were sitting across from the table, kind of minding the P's and Q's and trying to be on point. So by the time we actually met mid-September, and started seeing each other. I mean, there was a, an extremely comfortable level of friendship already established. And, you know, the first time I went to his house, I mean, it, it wasn't awkward at all. Um, and I had the best time of my life. I mean, it was, he's so charismatic. He's so much fun to hang out with. Both of us had screwed up childhoods. Both of us have, you know, unique relationships with our father. We, you know, he owns horses, you know, one of them by a hundred, but his are thoroughbreds. My dad is in harness racing. So, I mean, we just have so many things that we could talk about and laugh about. And we're both like big kids. So it just, it clicked. That's it awesome. Clicked. That is awesome. And as you're talking about your childhoods and, and some of the challenges you'd faced, did you bring up the fact that you, that you were intersex or was that something that you just felt like it was better to keep it, um, you know, privately since you are living fully as a woman and, you know, did you feel the need to share that with him? Um, I've really never shared it with anybody. Um, my ex-husband knew just because I've known him since third grade. He was the first love of my life. And we reconnected on Facebook years later and we were married for six years. And, but other than him, I have not told anybody, um, girlfriends, 
extended family never knew. Um, so I'd, I'd like to think I would probably maybe tell the truth, but I don't know. I, I look at it this way. I was born intersex, but once I was corrected, I'm just female. Um, I, I felt like the only thing I owed anybody was to say that I couldn't have children because I was born sterile. Um, but other than that, I felt like I owed them nothing. And with all the people I've dated in my 42 years, because I just had a birthday. <laughs> Happy um, birthday. I saw I you had a big party. I never told anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's interesting because you've been living very authentically as a woman. And so, you know, why why bring it up? And then the media uh, caught wind of your relationship. Did you fear immediately that they would then kind of, you know, investigate everything about you as they tend to do? Or um, how did you feel as far as Michael finding out and, and your loved ones? I was scared immediately. I mean, that's the reason. I mean, I have pictures of Michael. Michael has pictures of me. We, I mean, the truth is we don't have pictures together, but I'd only been in seeing him, like physically seeing him for two and a half, three weeks prior to the DUI. I mean, we're just hanging out. It wasn't like a situation where, oh, we're hanging out on the love back, watching TV or games and let's take a selfie. Um, if he hadn't gotten the DUI that following weekend, we had planned to him for him to come up and do a game night and with my friends who are all like married couples. And I'm sure that point we would have taken pictures but the one kind of lie I did tell him I you know I grew up with a famous father I dealt with growing up in the limelight you know as I got older and dated you know men I think wanted to date me at times just so they could go to the track meet my father understand the horse business differently and so I used that as the excuse of why I valued privacy so much when in reality, I would have loved to have been out and open with him, but I knew that there was a risk. Um, I've dated public people before, but he's on a whole different level. I mean, when this happened, I was told the only person I could have slept with that would have been more visible was the President of the United States. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. So, you know, Gosh. It, that is so fascinating. And, you know, and again, it wasn't like this was a planned out thing. Is there part of you that wonders, like, I don't know if you believe in sort of sometimes things just happen coincidentally or if there's something that's meant to be? Do you feel like, I mean, are you relieved at all to be able to live and tell everyone about your, your past and talk about intersex? Or is it something that you're, you have just decided to react to in a really um, as positively as you can? Well, obviously... I decided to do an open-ended letter publicly. I told Michael first. Obviously, what I sent to him was completely different. I reached out to Drew at Octagon. I tried to see if I could, you know, talk to him by phone because I felt like I owed him that. Um, and they weren't willing to do it. So then I emailed it to all the email addresses I have for him, and I sent it to his home. Um, then the next day on my private profile, I told friends and family, extended family, obviously my family knows. And um, then the third day I released it on my public profile. And um, I actually thought it would take the wind out of the sails of the tabloids and the media. And 
needless to say, <laughs> within, I think, five days, it blew up, and now I'm international. I, wow. It's amazing. I'm on the cover of every newspaper in Australia. I mean, people are sending me covers in India, Kuala Lumpur, Germany, Russia. I mean, it's so bizarre to me with all the things going on in the world that this is news. I mean, people yeah. are dying. We're yeah. dealing with ISIS. Absolutely. You know, we're dealing with debt. But yet, me sleeping with Michael Phelps is <laughs> the big thing. It's, it's yeah. kind of crazy to me. It really says a lot about our culture, you know, so much more about our culture than it does about, obviously, a relationship. I mean, it's the fact that people are so fascinated and fixated and obsessed enough to, like you said, put it on the front page. You know, on one hand, the the beauty of it is that I feel like you are really engaging in and bringing up these vital conversations when the truth does come out. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, but it's so interesting that people are that you know, I guess I guess we've just been so ignorant and sheltered and we want to put gender and sexual identity and our sexual physiology in these kind of black and white boxes. And you just can't. It's this spectrum. And as you said, so many people are intersex and don't even know it. Uh, what what do you hope comes from all of this? Um, at this point, at some point, I want the narrative to change. I kind of want to get away from the Michael thing, um, you know. I don't, I mean, I feel like I'm being put in a position where almost like the weight of the world of intersex is on my shoulders. And I, I compare it to like, as funny as this is going to sound, like Rihanna saying, you know, I'm not a role model. I'm a, a singer. I'm just Taylor, a girl. I, I never intended to be a role model or spokesperson for this, but I feel Obviously, at this point, like, I do have a duty to try to, you know, make something good come out of this. Um, and so that's the plan. You know, all the interviews I do, I bring this up. I try to make it more about this. And, you know, the narrative is changing. And, I mean, a lot of media has attacked other media for the way they've talked about me. And it is starting a dialogue. And I'd like to see that continue. Um, I want to write a book. My life is fascinating in every way, shape, or form, and I think I can do a lot of good with a book. And then the insecurities and shyness of having a full-on interview, I can put it on paper and, you know, be very open without feeling insecure or whatever, and I think it'll reach more people and do more good. And then, you know, I'd like to travel and speak about it. You know, in my career as a consultant and everything I've done, I've traveled, I've spoken, you know, I'm I'm very educated, I've always worked, you know, so I doubt highly that I can go back to interpreting at any point because I'm too, I can't go anywhere. I'm recognized wherever I go now. It's ridiculous. Wow. So my career as an interpreter is over. I doubt that I could do crisis management because I work behind the scenes. I'm the person you don't see trying to fix things, but I can't maneuver stealth anymore in any way, shape, or form. You know, family and friends have removed themselves from my Facebook because the media is trying to get to them. You know, it's changed my life. I'll be attached to him forever. I mean, if I get in a relationship it will be news. If I got married to somebody, it will be news because they'll bring him up. God forbid his December 19th court date. If he goes to Rio de Janeiro, I've already had people 
you know, inquire if I'd want to be a correspondent for <laughs> Olympics. You know, it's like, it's crazy how this is. That is just, wow, and so fast. I mean, it's only been, you know, a couple of months, not even. That is just, that is just fascinating to me. And gosh, I, I hope everything goes well. I can see your book being a huge success. Um, if there is an intersex man or woman out there, child, teenager, who's listening and uh, perhaps feels alone or a bit lost or insecure about their own bodies, what what advice would you give them? What's something you could say uh, to someone that from, from a role model now that you have kind of <laughs> by default become one? Um, for me, believe it or not, it, it was the hardest thing I ever did coming out, but it's a freedom like I've never known. Um, I feel free for the first time in my life. Um, and I think now that I can have an intimacy in a relationship that was never present before. Um, but I think that's a choice for everybody. I don't know that this is the right thing for everybody. I think but for other people coming out, obviously it wouldn't be this public, <laughs> you sure. know, unless they married you know, the president <laughs> to be with someone in the public eye. Yeah, but yeah. for me, obviously, it's because of who I was sleeping with that became so big a deal. Thank you so much for for sharing that story. I feel uh, really inspired, and the fact that you have freedom now and have. I'm so glad you've gotten benefits from this and, and some some joy as as I know that there are probably daily challenges, but uh, I think you deserve that so much. And I just uh, kudos to you for, for your courage and for speaking so wonderfully in response to this kind of responsibility that was just dropped on you. Uh, if there's anything we can do to support you in the future, please, please say the word. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. And I appreciate this time. You know, I just, I wanted do the best I can to educate people and make this a better situation for everybody involved. I'm just so moved by Taylor's courage and hope that she and all intersex, trans, and otherwise unconventional folks out there continually gain more support um, and compassion and empathy from people. You know, we're all so much more alike than we are different. To connect with Taylor and hear more about her work and everything that's coming up in her vibrant future, find her on Twitter at RealTaychaTLC, at RealTaychaTLC. And now for a special treat we've been waiting for. I have done our drawing here for our uh, sexy recipe, a thematic customized recipe for one reviewer who posted a review on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. And you can hear all the names here. I'm so thankful for all of these names. Thank you so much, everybody who has weighed in. And I pulled out a slip, and here we have from Gloria B. She says, empowering, and gave it five stars. Thank you, Gloria. She wrote, the variety of podcasts makes certain we stay engaged. Not that it's difficult to stay engaged with a topic that's finally being discussed openly and honestly. Amen. From all perspectives, I have been a GB fan addict since August 1st blog post and cannot adequately adequately express how much the blogs and podcasts helped me embrace my sensuality and want to learn more, be more, enjoy more. Kudos, August. Thank you, Gloria. I just can't express what that means to me. What a... um, 
perfect uh, winner you are, somebody who's so open and supportive. And I appreciate every one of your words. Thank you for staying with me on my blog and and also with this show. It means more than you could ever know. I would love to present you with your customized recipe. So go ahead and drop me a note. You can drop me a note through my website, augustmclaughlin.com, and we will get that all set up for you. As a special thanks to all of you listeners, I have a very uh, exciting opportunity from Good Clean Love. Uh, they are offering a special discount for Girl Boner readers and listeners only this week through Black Friday, the 28th, which if you were with me on Monday, you know we're also calling Sparkle Friday. To take advantage, pop over to goodcleanlove.com and enter Girl Boner 10 with your purchase for 10% off an entire order before tax. You can get the most awesome lubricant you will ever try. I'm serious. It's organic. It is, um, they have different varieties, moisturizing. They're all natural. They don't have any of those freaky ingredients that can cause infections and stuff. They also have love oils. They have these wonderful body candles. Have you tried those? So awesome. So get your hands on that now. The offer expires on Friday. And here is a little message from Wendy Sturgar, the founder of Good Clean Love, who joined us just just a few weeks ago. She had this to say about gratitude. System reset. That is what grateful sex does. Every nerve fiber is soothed. The connections between heart, mind, and body are restored, balanced. That is so, so true. Being grateful for ourselves, for our bodies, for our sexuality, for our partners, for our shared intimacy, all of that matters so much this this holiday season and throughout the year. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and review, and hop over to my website, augustmclaughlin.com, for show extras and a whole lot more. Thank you so much for listening, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.